Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Because initially is what I always tell anybody that either I coach or anyone that asks for advice. Like initially, you shouldn't be focused on the money. Initially, you should be focused on content and growing that audience that's going to eventually get you to the money. Because if you focus first on the money, it's not going to happen. You're going to be in this like desperate mode. It's just, and then none of your stuff's going to come out good. You're going to put out that energy. It's not going to be good. So definitely like focus first on growing and getting those numbers up because then that's what opens the doors to being able to charge more from, for sponsored content, being yeah. able to have ads on your site, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everything just like kind of trickles down as, as a result. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres, award-winning Latina personal finance expert. I didn't always have my financial shit together, but when I started looking for POC-friendly personal finance podcasts, I couldn't find any. And so Yo Quiero Dinero was born. On this show, I'll show you how to make dinero, how to keep your dinero, and most importantly, how to make it grow. Each week, I'm connecting you with the most brilliant minds in the world of money and business, so you can learn about investing, entrepreneurship, and building wealth. The best part? I'm dishing up all this knowledge with a sassy side of sazón. So if you're ready to be poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. 
It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back. Have another IG live for you here today. And we're going to be talking about food blogging. Okay. Which is how I started my entire journey as a side hustler was through food blogs. So tonight we're going to talk about how you can actually make not just like a little bit of money, but like enough money to walk away from your nine to five and literally make a living as a food blogger. So just a little bit of context. I started my food blog in 2013 and it was something that I didn't realize would be my ticket to financial freedom. And I feel like a lot of the times we don't necessarily think that like side hustles that we're building are going to be the way that we escape the nine to five, but it's definitely possible. Okay. So why don't we start off with intros? Go ahead, girl. Tell us who you are. Okay. So hello. <laughs> My name is Jamie. I am the blogger, food photographer, accountant, uh, you know, like all the things, right? For Sassy Spoon. I've been blogging for five years. I actually did things a little backwards. Uh, usually people do. I actually quit my job and then started my blog. Oh, girl, um, you cry. <laughs> <laughs> I know. People tell me, they're like, what? <laughs> I, I was just like tired. I was over corporate America. I was over it. And I was just ready for something new. And it was to the point where I don't know, I'm sure you've everybody's gone through this moment where they're like, they're ready to resign, but they're like, okay, but what's the next step? Like, where do I mm -hmm. go from here? And I had already done the corporate America I had climbed the ladders, I had done all the things. So for me, it was like, what's next? And at that point, what was next was to work for myself with something that I've always wanted. So I gave myself a little panic deadline. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had savings and the whole thing. And, you know, I, I wasn't that crazy. I had bills to pay, obviously. But I just wanted something new. I wanted something rewarding, something different, something challenging. I was tired of like working and trying to work my way up the ladder to leadership positions and to fight for salaries. I mean, you know, girl, <laughs> you preach into the choir. I get it. <laughs> exactly. So I was just like over it. And so I was talking to a friend and we were talking about, I had come from advertising. So I already kind of understood the whole world of blogging, but I didn't really know, you know what I mean? Like I knew, but I didn't know like that you could mm -hmm. actually make a whole full-time salary from a blog. Yeah. So I went down rabbit holes of information. I went through every income report. Pinch of Yum had at that time, it was 2016. So uh -huh. they were posting their income reports. I was reading all of them and taking ferocious notes and just reading everything, basically. All the webinars and the message board, the Facebook groups and everything else. Yeah. Just trying to figure out how to make this happen. And here we are, five years later. I make a six-figure salary for my blog, which is crazy. You Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I honestly can't believe that this is my life. Honestly, sometimes I'm just like, wait a minute, is this really happening? You know, it's, it's so crazy. And yeah. 
I feel like if you're at that crossroad where you're like, okay, but what do I do next? And you've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. There's a reason that that feeling hasn't gone away. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's a reason why that's there nagging you, like just make it happen. Just take the plunge. And I really never knew that blogging was that path for me to be an entrepreneur, but it's worked out so well. I mean, it's just been like a dream come true, honestly. It's a hard work. Don't think that it's like, oh, I can just like, do some recipes and suddenly I'm living off the blog. No, no, no. It was a lot of work. <laughs> right. Point. So. Girl. Oh my gosh. We're going to dive into all of this because yes. there's so much, so much to cover here. And that's why I wanted to bring you on tonight because blogging was my ticket to financial independence. And it yeah, you just blows, quit your job, right? Blows oh my, my mind, yo. And it's funny it's because like I could have done it several years ago, but it's the fear of like, is this a fluke? But I'm like, wait, bitch, yeah. you've been doing this for eight years. Like, this is not a fluke. I know. Like, it's not all of this money's going to disappear. So, yes, I know. it's I possible, think y'all. Thing. I always think like, what if the internet blows up tomorrow? I'm like, this is just not going to happen. Stop with the right. irrational thinking. It's not going to happen. <laughs> right. That's yeah. what your brain will do unless you yep. tell it to shut the hell up. Right. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So let's take a step back. Let's talk to pre-blogger Jamie. And what was your life like, like in corporate and what were you feeling in those moments that you were just like, this cannot be it? So I was working in advertising and I was working a lot. I was working a lot, a lot of hours, sometimes like till two in the morning, just working on different campaigns and things that were just like due the next day because everything's last minute. I live in Miami. Everything's last minute. You know how it is? Human time forever. And so I don't know. I just got to a point where I was just like, I was so unfulfilled and so unhappy with my job and although I really enjoyed what I was doing I was I was social media strategist at the time so and I was working for like one of the biggest clients I was working for General Mills which is like still in the world of food so I I loved it I love the whole culinary aspect of, of marketing and advertising and it was fun coming up with campaigns and just like the whole social strategy of it all but my goodness I worked so much you know and then how crazy is it that once I resigned is when my boss was like, oh, I'll give you a promotion. Oh, really? Now? <laughs> now when I'm How convenient. How convenient. And it just like things like that just kept happening throughout my because prior to that, I was working in healthcare, Very boring. Yeah. But it was the same thing. It was like, here's all these responsibilities, but we're not going to give you a title. We're not going to give you promotion. We're not going to give you money. And I was just like exhausted oh. of being overlooked, knowing that I was worth more than that. And so that's why it was just like the last straw. And I remember it was end of 2015. And I called my mom because, you know, you got to run things by mommy, you know. Yo, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> mommy has to have last word, right? So <laughs> call my mom. I'm like, mom, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And it sounds crazy. She was like, ah, look at that, I'm feliz. And I'm like, okay, I got her approval. Then we're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So obviously planned it out, saved the money, gave myself that panic deadline. And then when we came back from like holiday break, it was in January 2016. And I just gave my two weeks and then that was it. You know, and I felt like such a relief. I felt like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, this is like something new. Finally, something challenging, something rewarding. That's what I wanted. I wanted something different. It was just like the yeah. same nine to five BS every day. I was just like over it. So yeah, definitely was was so ready for a change. I love that. And so I want to know, like, what did you put in place as far as money? Did you say, I'm going to save like six months worth of money? Like, how did you plan? Because you said you built this business after you quit, essentially, right? So you're like, 
I'm gonna figure this shit out because it's on and popping now. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is that the idea was to quit and then, you know, because I felt like maybe I need to be without a job to figure out what my next move is, right? So mm-hmm. I was the idea was to keep interviewing for a new position, you okay. know? And so I had maybe like three or four months of expenses saved. So I was gonna give myself to like maybe like April, May to figure it out. And I was still like interviewing and I was still going through like different avenues of different things because I could do corporate stuff and I could also do like advertising. I was, I could have done either one, but like all those sounded so boring. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to do any of that, but like, I was like, you know, obviously you need a job. So I was still interviewing just to figure out like what to do in the meantime. And then that's mm-hmm. where I fell into that whole rabbit hole. I started my blog. It was February of 2016. That's where I, I opened my domain. I started everything that in that month. Wow. And I had this Instagram account, a sassy spoon, which was back then was called Ola Croqueta. I don't know if you remember that, but that I don't remember that a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> that I started in January and that was just for fun. If you go to scroll down all the way to the bottom, I just was putting photos up for fun because I just thought that was like oh you know it's just like a foodie account it's just not it's yeah. not really nothing to make money from it's just for fun mm-hmm. and little did I know that I was like literally building up my career it's just crazy to think about but yeah that's pretty much wow. what happened and so you know the first year is like a blur the first year is just like you're just cranking out content just trying to figure things out and googling your way through things and just you yeah. know there wasn't any coaching back then I coach now because I feel like I would have wanted someone to coach me back then. You kind of just figure things out and it takes a long time, but you figure things out, you Google things, you go through, you know, all the research and the Facebook groups and you ask lots of questions and you just kind of figure it out along the way. And it's, yeah, it's not easy, but but it's it's not impossible. It's not impossible, y'all. You got two people out here who are making like a shit ton of money just by having a website. And I honestly, I don't even blog at this point because obviously, girl, you don't have a fucking million things going on right now. Yeah, yeah. But I blogged the last time I did was like December 2020. And I still am getting $10,000 a month in residual income. So it's just like, once you build this stuff to the point that it just like lives on the internet, you can literally just like live off of passive income, which is nuts. Yeah, so, you you can, but there's also a lot. There's a, this digital landscape; it just changes a lot. So it's not yeah. to say that you can completely abandon it either. When it's not like web stories, it's like Google algorithm updates. There's so many things right. that you're like have to keep up with. That's like yeah. So yeah. I regularly just bring back old stuff, reformat it, refresh it, do yeah. thing, and that's it. So let's talk about your monetization strategy. So how did you approach making actual money on the blog? Like, what was your plan? Initially, obviously, I didn't have the page view threshold to really make enough money from ads, which is the ultimate goal, obviously, for any blogger, right? So I started first with doing sponsored content. And obviously, when you're working with brands, and that back then there was like, I'm telling you, there was nothing as far as like, how much should I charge? Like, no one was talking about money. And I was always so grateful for Pinch of Yum and being so open about their income reports because it it opened your eyes to like, okay, there's potential here. Yeah. So then I started working with brands and I didn't even know how to price it. I just worked with a couple networks and whatever price they gave me, I was like, yes, I'm making money. I don't <laughs> care. You know? Yeah. I think my first brand deal ever was like $150. Wow. And I was like, yes, this is happening. That's more than I think I got the first time. So kudos <laughs> to you. <laughs> 
I think it was like social fabric, I think, or one of one of those yes, networks. I'm still a part of them. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it was just like I I I still am a fan of them because if you're trying to get your feet wet, that's a great place to start just yeah. to understand like what contracts mean and like all that stuff. Like it's just good to I still think they're they're a great resource to have for sure. But I started with that. And then little by little, I would also shoot for bloggers. So since I already had like the food photography skill kind of more, you know, I, I would work at it so often that I felt more comfortable in, in using that as a way to also get some freelance money. So besides the sponsored content, I would shoot for bloggers or for brands if they needed like photography for their websites and things like mm -hmm. that. And affiliate marketing too. So anything from like Amazon, anything that could get me a little bit of commission, anything little thing helped at that point, you know, anything little, every little yeah. thing like added up. So yeah, little by little, just got better. You start making money. So when did you start seeing like actual income from the blog? So you started February 2016. Like when was your first Yeah. Time? So it was at the end of that year. That was the $150. Okay. <laughs> Girl, so what the hell did you do that whole time? I was living off the savings and I was doing like freelance gigs, like here in, in so Miami, <laughs> uh, social media marketing for restaurants, just hustling my way to never having to step foot in an office again. This is the yeah. goal. The goal was never to go back to a nine to five. So I would do whatever. <laughs> oh, you want By any means necessary. Okay. You want me to do social media? You want me to run your Instagram account? Okay. You know, like just like kind wow. of doing that because I was not going to step foot in an office again. That was pretty much the goal. And then the next year I was able to charge a little bit more and I was able to get more freelance clients. And so less of the local stuff and more of like the blog stuff. And so eventually by 2018, that's when I joined AdThrive. And that's when the real money started coming in that I was like, yes, okay, finally. <laughs> Because initially is what I always tell anybody that either I coach or anyone that asks for advice, like initially you shouldn't be focused on the money. Initially you should be focused on content and growing that audience that's going to eventually get you to the money. Because if you focus first on the money, it's not going to happen. You're going to be in this like desperate mode. It's just, and then none of your stuff's going to come out good. You're going to put out that energy. It's not going to be good. So definitely like focus first on growing and getting those numbers up. Because then that's what opens the doors to being able to charge more for, for sponsored content, being yep. able to have ads on your site, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everything just like kind of trickles down as, as a result. So the yeah. goal is first to always focus on content first, first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the world of blogging is, I mean, it was so different in 2013. And even when you started now, it's like, I feel like I'm relearning this whole shit because now I'm creating a second blog for Yo Quiero Dinero. And like, you know, back in the day, it was so easy to go organically viral on any fucking platform. Yes. Now, in order for people to see your stuff, you have to pay for ads, essentially, or like get some random hashtag that randomly goes viral. But I'm curious, like, what advice would you give to people who want to start a blog in 2021 versus like what you experienced when you were starting? It's so hard now with social media being so algorithm yeah. happy. <laughs> yeah. I think like above all, obviously focus on content and focus a lot on SEO. Again, since I come from an advertising background, I already understood that SEO was like a big part of it. And even if I didn't know like all the technical terms, I just, I yeah. knew that that was important. So I made sure to, you know, have a site that didn't have a bunch of plugins that have, you know, not a site that had like all the pretty things because they look pretty, but they slow down your site. You know, make sure that your photos are not these ginormously sized photos. Make sure that they're, you know, they have, they're optimized and 
there's just like little things like that, that I already knew coming in that I think really helped me in growing faster. So I think anybody that's starting now, make sure your site's like super lean and clean, forget all the gadgets and all the Instagram cute things that you want to add to it. Keep it as plain as possible. <laughs> yeah. You know, and make sure your photos are like very bright. You know, they're, 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 they don't have to have, you don't have to do like, if you don't have a professional camera just yet, that's fine. But like, just make sure that they're shot in a very bright area with like good lighting and everything else. You'll be obviously you'll, you'll learn like composition and all that stuff. But I think the photos that are light and bright are really important mm-hmm. and a clean site, you know, making sure that you're covering all your bases as far as like the information that you provide, because we all want to provide value. You know, this is yeah. essentially what everybody's looking for. Everybody's Googling to find solutions to their problems, you know? Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're answering all those questions in your blog post. Make sure that you're you're showing step-by-step photos. Make sure that you're giving all the steps to the recipe and you're not just putting it up there. We're not a database, you know? Like yeah. we're, we're a resource. So make yeah. sure that you're including as much information as possible because that's what people are looking for. People are looking for answers and we're here yeah. to help them. Absolutely. So there's some questions around SEO. So if you could give us like a broad overview of what it means, because that's something that is super critical to this being successful. Yeah, absolutely. SEO is search engine optimization. And basically what that means is you're basically creating your your blog posts in a way that Google understands. And there's like technical things obviously behind that, using a recipe card that's Google compliant, making sure that you're using a lot of H2 headings that make it very easy for you to skim through the content. Because let's be real, nobody reads, they all skim. No. You know, everybody's just scrolling, looking for what they need and making sure that you're doing enough keyword research before you even cook the recipe to make sure it's something that's searchable. Because a lot of the times, and I'm guilty of this too, when I started, I would just like throw a bunch of stuff up there and not knowing. Oh, hell yeah, me too. Yeah, I think we all did. (laughs) But you want to make sure that's something that people are searching for, because then you're going to put all this work into something that no one really cares about. And there's a lot of keyword research tools out there that can help and can tell you like, this is a searchable thing, or this is not, or maybe if you rephrase it to say this instead, and then you're going to use those keywords to kind of like draft out your blog post. And it's going right. to help you kind of formulate and structure everything out, make sure that you're including the step-by-steps and the process shots and the process in general, of like the recipe and things like that. And once you do that, that's pretty much what's fulfilling Google's, you know, what Google's looking it's for, algorithm. basically. Yeah, because that's what SEO really is all about. It's just like, it's for user experience. You know, they're looking for a website that's pretty much as structured as possible so that they are able to index you on their site so that when someone Googles, they can find you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you have a very structured site that's giving them all the information they need, then they already know. They already know, okay, this site is good. I'm going to send more traffic this way. Yeah. That's a great explanation. And so one of the tools that I use for keyword search is trends.google.com because I love it because it also gives you these related queries. So once you find your keyword, you can also think about like what those H2 headings are going to be and use some of those related queries. So that is free game right there. Uh, You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. 
What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. There's a question in here that says, do you think you can monetize any blog? For example, a life journey or something that you're personally going through. I say, again, going back to keyword research, if there's enough research behind that topic that you can find something to talk about forever, basically, you know, because you yeah. want to pick a topic that's going to be something that's going to, you're going to be able to create content for on an ongoing basis. Then, yeah, I think you can make money out of any blog because the goal is to generate an audience. But if nobody's looking for that specific topic, then you can generate an audience that's going to, you know, you're going to be able to monetize. So the right. idea is always to figure out a topic that will be sustainable enough for you to have enough content to create and to be able to monetize eventually because once you find your audience you're good yeah. from that point yeah. it's just finding the brands and you know everything else just falls into place mm-hmm. yeah and you know the things that are trending as far as the topics for blogging change like I saw something recently that said that how-to blogs like just blogs that are showing you how to do things are perennially successful because people are always going to be looking for like how to do whatever, right? And then right now is investing. Investing is very yeah. popular. People want to learn about it. So like if you are thinking about talking about some sort of financial topic on a blog, investing might be the way to go. Finance will never go out of style. <laughs> yeah, but I think finance blogs are the number one most lucrative blog topic for sure. The blog industry, absolutely. Yeah. Which yeah. is true. I guess everyone's looking for figure, you know, figuring out how to. How to get rich. <laughs> we all got to eat and we all got to make money. So, you know, that's, that's it. Let's see. What's your best advice for researching keywords? I use the Google keyword search, but it's still confusing. 
I use SDM Rush and it, it's a okay. paid product, but I know that key search is also really recommended as well. And I know it's a little difficult, so it's hard to like just sum up how you do it. But yeah, I start off by just Googling and putting like a general word. So if it's like chocolate chip cookies and I use that and then kind of like build off from that. Is it better to say easy chocolate chip cookies or chewy or classic or what? And you kind of like you kind of figure out which is the best one to use based off yeah. of that more general one. Because you don't okay. want one that's going to have way too much volume because then you're going to just get lost in there. And you don't want one that has way too little volume because no one's going to search for it. So you want to mm -hmm. find something in the middle that people are searching for, but that it's still not too competitive where they're, well, you'll kind of be lost in the mix. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so how does social media tie into blogging for you? Like, what do you use it for in order to support your overall business goals? So I use Pinterest a lot. I think Pinterest is probably the best traffic driver in terms of social media, Instagram. Everybody's like, oh, the swipe up, the swipe up. I'm not going to lie. Swipe up is not that exciting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I feel like Instagram was built um, for people to stay on Instagram. You know, no one really wants to click the link in bio. No one wants to swipe up. They want to stay mm -hmm. on Instagram, you know? I always say that you should choose a platform and live there, whatever it may be. If it's Facebook, mm -hmm. it's Facebook. If it's Instagram, it's Instagram. If it's Pinterest, it's Pinterest, you know, whatever it is. Um, right now, what's working for me is Pinterest and web stories. Web stories is a new thing now because we have to always be on top of everything, right? Google now has web stories, which don't ask me where they live. I have no idea. I've never seen them. But <laughs> somehow, some way, they're bringing traffic to my site. So we love web stories right now, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny it's how something. things change. Right? Yeah. It's something that now lives on WordPress and you create. It's just the same as like a story pin on Pinterest, except you're doing it on a different platform. It's pretty much ah. the same thing. But I guess since it's new, then it's like Google gives it more juice. Right. It's the same thing with the Instagram Reels. Right. You know, whatever's the new thing that platform comes out with is what they're going to push. So. Exactly. And Reels are okay. great. Reels are, are excellent. Especially yeah. For, for food blogs. I have seen a lot of food bloggers creating amazing content on TikTok and also Instagram Reels. So that's a great way to do like those 60 second videos. And, you know, I feel like back in the day, like everybody was looking for super professional videos and like YouTube quality stuff. Whereas now you can shoot shit with your camera and like it doesn't matter. So yep. that pressure of having like this, you know, Better Homes and Gardens curated stuff is not there anymore, which is nice. I know. It's funny because I have a lot of those YouTube-esque, you know, videos. Uh -huh. And sometimes I'm like, should I just like edit this into a reel? And I'm like, no, it's not going to do well because what people want to see is your dirty kitchen. They want to see like the real life yeah. <laughs> situation. They don't want to see the prim and proper white background. Right. Reels are, are more organic. You have to make them more authentic for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So there's a ton of questions coming in here. So let's take Oh my them. goodness. So when you created your site in the beginning, did you pay for it? Or did you build it yourself? So the first site I ever did, no. The first site was all built by me, not professional. <laughs> I actually did it. I didn't pay someone until 2018 because that's when I felt okay. like, okay, I'm actually making money from this. Let me reinvest it into the business because yeah. before that, I didn't feel like it was necessary. So I was still able to grow an audience with, you know, a cheapy, I think my, my theme was like $30 or something when I first started. So I didn't okay. pay anybody to do it. It was just something that I installed myself. Literally, it was like a button and I uploaded and that's it. So don't think that you have to have like a professional super $10,000 website or something like that to grow. You can grow on something a lot smaller and just continue to improve 
from there. Yeah, absolutely. Like, let's not get caught up in the perfection hamster wheel, y'all, that you need to have this big ass professional website because that's what stops you from just showing up and start doing your stuff. Yep, that's true. All right. When creating your blog, what did you decide to outsource versus create on your own? Great question. Um, so the first thing I outsourced was all the bookkeeping and the accounting and everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't want to deal with any of that. <laughs> that was the first thing I did. And then after that, then it was, you know, like the more of the admin stuff, like the Pinterest, the creating pins and Facebook and all that, that you know, have a VA just handling that. I've had other things done, like, you know, I've had whenever I wanted to like tweak my website, I'm having my, my, not speaking of, I'm having my website now redesigned. So I obviously outsourced that. But at the beginning, I I honestly did a lot of stuff myself. And until I started making money was when I started to outsource more. Okay. So, and you definitely want to focus on the money making task and just outsource whatever else you can. That's Mm -hmm. definitely the goal for sure. And that's a great piece of advice for any type of business, y'all, because we don't need to be, wasting time on nonsense period yes exactly so the platform that jamie and i both use is wordpress and Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the gold standard for blogs in general i never recommend anything else at this point because it's just like why 100 percent agree (laughs) not only that but you can't monetize on squarespace or wix or any of that so don't even bother i know that they're easy to use but just go straight to wordpress it's just going to be a lot better in the long run yeah okay did you make an LLC or do you have to make an LLC for a blog? So I didn't make my LLC until I started making money. So in 2018 is when I opened my LLC. But prior to that, I was just pretty much claiming everything on my personal taxes as a sole proprietor. So yeah. again, don't let that stop you. Just start. At the end of the day, it's just a matter of starting. And I know that feels scary sometimes because I'm the ver- I'm an overthinker. So <laughs> I-, I get it. But yeah. once you just start, just like, and you start seeing those numbers grow, you're going to get so motivated to keep going. Before you know it, you'll be like, okay, well, I'm making money now. I feel like this is this is legit now. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, then you can start, you can incorporate and you can get your EIN number and you can do all Trademark, that all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. When did you start paying yourself as opposed to just simply reinvesting in the business? I think around the same time, around okay. 2018. Yeah. I started yeah. giving myself a salary because then that's that at that point, then it was like the whole that's when it was like, OK, there's there's enough here to reinvest and to actually pay myself, too. Yeah. Awesome. OK, so do you all use the free version of WordPress? Absolutely. Do not use WordPress.com. That is not the same thing. So WordPress.org is a mm-hmm. open source free platform that you can get from any reputable web host to literally upload or download whatever the hell it is they will put it on your website and it's a framework essentially that you use to then build out everything from how your site looks to creating your posts any plugins widgets all the things so yeah wordpress.com has the url that it would say like a sassy spoon.wordpress.com you don't want that you know no you cannot monetize that yeah unfortunately it's just not flexible and you want something that you know that gives you that flexibility to be able to do whatever you want with it yeah how often were you posting when you first started and how often do you post now i honestly don't post as often now as i used to yeah but again i think that gives us like that luxury that we've been working towards this whole time but initially i would do like two to three times a week and 
I was very consistent about it. I think consistency is very something that's very overlooked. You have to be consistent with all the things to make things happen. Yeah. And if that's not sustainable for you right now, that's fine. If it's one time, make sure it's one each week. Like whatever it is, just make sure you're consistent with it. That's what I always mm-hmm. say. So if you can do two or three times a week and you can only do once, that's fine. But at least stick to that one time a week. I you definitely that. want to stick to it. Did you ever consider giving up on blogging? Of course, absolutely, all the time. <laughs> of course, when things yeah. get difficult, you just want to be like, what am I doing? <laughs> am I am I going crazy? Is this worth it? Is it, I mean, you question those things all the time. I think that goes with any business. You always question yeah. that, absolutely. But yeah. then I was like, yeah, but the other alternative is I have to go back to nine to five. No. Right, and that's not happening. So we're going to figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have to make this work. There's no other yeah. option. I love it. So um, what does your like long-term plan look like? Do you eventually see yourself like selling the blog and like just laying in millions of dollars? Like what's the plan? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know about all that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I, I haven't thought of it that far ahead, but what I'm doing now is I'm doing coaching now and I absolutely love it. So that's been able to be like a second and a side gig, so to speak. Yeah. So that the blog pretty much is, I post now about like four times a month, honestly. I don't oh, post wow. as often. I mean, I'm sure if I were to post more, I could make more, obviously. But I want to also dedicate time to, to the coaching because that's like my mm-hmm. baby right now. So I have a 90-day coaching program, which takes up a lot of my time. So I'm not able to dedicate that time to the blog. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost like I have two different businesses going on and that's what's been my focus so far. And I've been really happy having that type of structure where I have like the coaching along with the food blogging. And I feel like that's what gives us like, I know they say money can buy happiness, but it can buy freedom. And mm. I feel like at that point I'm able to, if I want to be a food blogger today, I'm going to work on my food blog. If I want to coach, I'm going to be a coach today. And that's like yeah. the beauty of our industry where you can just like choose the career that you want for the day, yeah. basically. That's the best part. Yeah, absolutely. So am I going to sell Sassy Spoon? Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but it won't be anytime soon. Are you going to write a cookbook? No. I feel like that's so much work for so little money. Ooh, I don't know. Girl, I feel the same way. I'm like, I don't know. I really have the discipline. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, not to sh- not to knock on anybody. If everybody wants to do that, if that's been like their dream, I think it's a huge labor of love. If you want to do yeah. that, I think you should absolutely do that. It's never been a dream of mine, so that's <laughs> something I see myself doing for sure. Yeah. Okay. What does your content creation process look like? Do you write the entire blog post in one day, or is it like you research one day, you outline the next, you shoot the next? What's your process look like? So I do my keyword research when I'm planning my editorial calendar every month. So at that point, I plan out like month at a time. And I'm always working like two weeks ahead. So for example, this week, let's say I'll have a shoot day Monday or Tuesday. And I will shoot like three to four recipes so that I already have two or three posts already done. And if, you know, it's like a, a slower month, then I'll just do like one or two. Like, you know what I mean? Just depending on what's going on that month. A reason why I'm only posting four times a month now is because... I'm actually working on updating a lot of my older posts. So that's taking up a lot of my time too. Cause now we have that Gutenberg thing. I don't know if you're. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just it's waiting for my it's shit to like new. disappear. Yeah. 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 It's always something <laughs> new. And so now I'm working on converting all that into, you know, the blocks and everything else. 
So that's why my process now is a little different, but usually it'll be, you know, keyword research first when I'm planning my editorial calendar. Then I have like shoot days, either Monday or Tuesday, where I will prep everything like the day before so that on the actual shoot day, it's just quick, like shoot, shoot, shoot. You know, I don't have to Mm -hmm. sit there and cook everything. Things are kind of like prepped beforehand just to make life easier. And then I'll like create the blog post along the way, like during the week, Wednesdays or Thursdays, whatever. I get the shooting out of the way first because I feel like that's the most time consuming part. Yeah. And then the blog writing, that's kind of easier to handle. Yeah. Forward, yeah. I'm looking forward to having time now to start blogging again. And that's yeah. one thing I never did was like the planning of the content. I would just literally wake up and be like, I think I'm going to make this shit. So I'm just going to take pictures. <laughs> and it's like, girl, that's not efficient. You know better. So start making a plan, please. Oh, my, that's going to be so awesome for you. You're going to love that. I, yeah, I I'm highly excited. recommend Asana if you haven't if you don't use it yet. Oh Asana. hell yeah. <laughs> the oh only my way God. I keep I my life my organized. Whole, yeah, I have my whole editorial calendar in Asana color coded. Like it's just like the neurosis is crazy. Like I have it all <laughs> I have it all organized. <laughs> I love that. All right. Before we close out this live, some tips that you have for newbie bloggers to keep going when they're feeling discouraged. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I know for me, like, I felt like I didn't have any blogging friends. And so I feel like community is important. So finding, like, other bloggers that you can talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, like, I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, I agree. And also, if you're feeling, like, if you're not feeling motivated, a lot of times you need to figure out, like, what the source of that problem is. Because it could be something as simple as perfectionism keeping you from doing Mm. something which I suffer from all the time you know (laughs) and if your perfectionism is in the way that means that you need to do whatever you need to push yourself to do whatever it is and forget about that feeling yeah because a lot of the reason the procrastination comes from perfectionism and we're just afraid to do something but just do it afraid just do it just push yourself doing it because when you're done with it you're like wow I don't know what I was afraid of it's so silly that's a gem right there (laughs) y'all that's a gem I love that you did (laughs) Jamie so tell us about your coaching program because I want folks to know like yes you don't have to do this alone so tell us about it so I have a coaching program 90 day it's called the food blogger business blueprint I have I can pop in the the um the handle here yeah um so you guys can follow so basically I I don't teach all like the beginner stuff. I don't do any beginner stuff. I don't teach you how to do WordPress. None of that beginner stuff. It's more of like, okay, I've established my blog. I'm blogging. Now what? I don't know what to do. So I kind of help you first to organize all the internal systems and processes inside of your blog so that everything kind of runs efficiently, whether that's Asana, creating your editorial calendar, content planning, keyword research, just like all those processes that we have so many moving parts in this business, just helping you organize all of that, helping you organize your day, your time, your business. And then once that is pretty much in place, then I kind of teach you the ins and outs of, you know, growing the blog and monetizing and things like that. So it's it's basically for any food blogger that wants to turn their blog into a full-time business. This is the program for you you know, and it's 90, there's nothing like it. There's 90 days of intense work. So if you're not ready to work your ass off, then (laughs) you need, you need to come, you need to come ready. Yeah. And blogging is a long-term game y'all. So like I read somewhere that it takes at least like the average blogger four to five years to get to the point that they can walk away from their job. So 
like I believe it. you're signing up for some real grind long-term shit but it's, it's worth it and especially like I think for for people who don't necessarily want to sell a product per se they don't want to get in front of people's faces and be like all right you know pay me for this blogging is a way to make money truly like without having to sell anything like your content is what makes you money yeah. and that's a very unique thing especially like if you're an introvert and you're like I don't have a fucking bone in my body that is like a salesperson but I want to make money doing something that I love this is absolutely something that you should think about yeah absolutely absolutely and you know what my program is set up in a way that it'll get you there faster because mm. you know I did all the work for you basically in the right. sense of like, you don't have to go researching for different things. It's done for you there. And if you have a question to something, I'm there, I'm there on Slack. I'm there trying, you know, giving you the answers. I will sit there and research it myself, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of things that that just happen so much in this business that change so often that you have to just be on top of everything. Yeah. So it's better to have someone that's on your side for those 90 days so that you feel like, okay, I'm moving forward. I'm not just like figuring things out on my own. Which yeah. it's not to say that it's impossible. It's just going to take you longer time, you know? Yeah. And hello. <laughs> Eight years. DIY in this shit. Okay. Um, I know if I had been working with somebody like you, I probably would have been like much better off much more quickly, but yeah, it's fine. <laughs> hey, but you got it, girl. You did it. We, we did it. <laughs> you, you did it. I'm so proud of you. So happy for you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. You oh my gosh, it. Jamie, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm so glad that we got to connect. We have to have more conversations. I definitely want to have you on the podcast. Yes, um, and I would love so. to do more of these lives. So if you guys have any other questions, please let us know because I'm I'm down. I'm down to keep yes. talking about this for sure. Absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much, guys. And thank you for your amazing questions. And Jamie, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Bye. Bye. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards... Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you are ready to take your dinero to the next level, sign up for our free 14-page guide, The Financially Lit Latina, the ultimate blueprint for becoming poderosa with your dinero. This 14-page guide includes our best tips on money mindset, budgeting, debt repayment, career, investing, financial independence, side hustles, and more. And you can get it completely free. So to get your copy of the Financially Lit Latina, just head over to YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start. That's YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com slash start and start transforming your dinero story today. Until next time, stay empowered, stay inspired, and stay poderosa. 
the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, or misleading or defamatory statements. Usage of this podcast and associated content constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer.